Hey everyone, thanks for checking out this podcast recording. Today it's Jonathan Coleman from Cornerstone University. But first, a couple things. I have a little bit of a head cold, so I apologize right now in advance. I sound a little weird right now. I was trying really hard to like not sniffle and cough in the microphone during the whole interview. Uh, I'm at the tail end of it, so I'm so sorry, but unfortunately that's the reality. Um, Oh, and that, hey, so most people say on YouTube, hey, I've got a Patreon, you can go and help support me. I'm not going to do that. I have one set up. Uh, no one's really donated to it or anything like that. This type of content is not really going to probably produce any much there. But this episode is sponsored by EM Technologies. That's my business uh, where everything I do is what I talk about here. Uh, so if you'd like to support me instead of going to a Patreon or something like that or buying merch, which I may have merch at some point in time, which I'm kind of brainstorming that up right now. Uh, but if you'd like to support me for the time being, you can go to emtmi.com, check out the website and hit, uh, submit on a form. If you want to get integration by me, get some designs by me, maybe just get some advice contact me there. You can also just straight up buy product. I usually can beat Sweetwater or something along those lines. Uh, you know, there's obviously some differences, but um, calling Sweetwater on a Sunday morning because there's a problem uh, isn't usually the best way to uh, get things accomplished. So with that being said, you should buy from me. It helps me, supports me, lets me keep making these videos easily. So uh, the link is also in the description, but yeah, uh, so this episode, Jonathan Coleman, usually we record these live uh, just due to some scheduling because of Jonathan and myself. Uh, we ended up pre-recording this earlier uh, and then it's just going to go uh, up on the YouTube channel like a normal channel, uh, like a normal clip. Um, we talk about a handful of things uh, tech related. He's from Cornerstone University. He's in the AV department. He runs that over there. Uh, he doesn't teach the courses, uh, but he's very active and uh, connected to what they're doing over there. Um, super great guy. Make sure you contact him if you want to go and check out the school. Uh, if you just want to get connected, uh, super great guy. Have I said that yet? Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get started. Cool. Uh, today is Jonathan Coleman from Cornerstone University. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, would you mind just kind of telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so I am uh, the tech uh, director or events uh, technical manager here at Cornerstone. Uh, I have been in this role for about a year. Uh, previously, I was an assistant here for five years and then actually graduated from Cornerstone with my audio production degree. Um, so I've kind of been around the university for about 10 years. Uh, I love it here. I love college life. Uh, I loved it so much. I just didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so talk about the, a little bit about the program that you went through at Cornerstone. And is that the only program that they offer in that realm or do they offer more? Yeah, so I, I went through an audio production program. I have my bachelor in audio production. Uh, at the time, the program was uh, mostly studio-based. I learned a lot of recording techniques and uh, time and pro tools. 
and uh, it it was not exactly what I wanted, but it kind of taught me the theory and the importance of uh, all of the microphones and techniques and all of that and gave me room to branch out from there. Uh, so I actually bent the program into live. Uh, everything I was learning in the classroom, I was taking it right into my student worker position, running chapels and concerts on campus and trying out new things. I'd rent microphones from our student uh, uh, rental equipment division and stuff that was being used in the studio, I'd pull out and bring up out to the stage with me. Um, so it was really cool. My final project, uh, my senior year, everybody else was doing a 15 song album. And I went and uh, worked with a local company that was putting on a show and helped from conception through the end of the show, uh, rigging, load in, plots, everything, um, and kind of documented it, wrote a paper. And I'm like, this is what I want to be doing. I want live production. I don't want to be in a padded room the rest of my life. Um, so it was really cool. I, I loved the program. It was tight knit, probably 10 of us uh, in my class. And we've all gone to do really cool things and in different directions. Uh, some are really fantastic studio people. Some are uh, touring the nation with headlining acts. And some are doing like radio or film or uh, a multitude of cool things, church tech. Um, so since then, the program has kind of evolved a little. Uh, we've changed instructors and the, uh, the, the lean of it now is church tech world. Um, we have all of these churches that are uh, coming up into the technology of today and finding that their volunteers aren't capable of handling everything that the church needs. Um, maybe from a Sunday to Sunday basis, helping run the gear, but maybe somebody that needs to help with the computers, the projection, the lights, the, the uh, wireless guest network. Like they, they have to be the jack of all trades when they enter these churches. Yeah. And we're actually getting interest from students who want to come to Cornerstone and looking for that because they were volunteers in their churches back home and are really interested in tech and uh, where it could lead them. Uh, so we've, we've kind of altered the program a little bit. I'm not directly involved in the uh, instruction of the program. Uh, actually, one of my graduates, Owen Longjohn, is now in charge, and uh, he's fantastic. And they actually kind of created a live sound tract oh, nice. in, the, in the program. Uh, it used to be just one class. Uh, freshman year, you took one class that was live sound. Everything else was recording. Uh, they now have AV tech, and they have advanced live sound, and uh their internships are required to go out and get practical uh, experience in a real world job. Uh, and then a lot of them come and work for me on campus. 
So I get this really cool opportunity to mentor them in my tech booths. Uh, they work a variety of events and they learn recording and lighting and live sound and pro presenter and all the really cool technologies that you're seeing in churches, but in a different environment. Right. In a college environment. Yeah. And it, it's in a learning environment. So where in a chapel, like normally in a church, you're dealing with, it has to be right every Sunday and uh, rehearsal is the time to fix stuff or learn. Here at Cornerstone, we have chapels and our worship teams are aspiring worship leaders and our tech teams are aspiring worship and tech people. Uh, so they get a little bit more pliability in learning how to operate this stuff and they can learn right on site with kind of a safety net. It's a lot of fun to work with them. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Uh, that's that's much different than what I remember it being originally. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's that was always one of the funniest things is like, you'd have people go, well, yeah, I went to school for audio. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what'd you, what'd you do? And they're like, yeah, like I got a degree in recording. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Like, have you ever done a live event? No. No, no, cool. never. Like, I'm super <laughs> glad you know how to EQ stuff. Like, that's great. Like, that's not, that's not a bad thing, but it's just like, it was always such a, man, you have so much to learn because it's like figuring out how to troubleshoot stuff, how to deal with the people on a quick, like you have to figure it out fast because like those problems, like in the studio, you know, yeah, that, that may like suck that like, oh, this guitar is not working, you know, but you could technically spend an hour figuring it out so you could record, you know, the, the show starts at 7 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. gotta, you, you that's have gotta to get. go. Yeah, you have to go. If that mic isn't working, grab a 57 and let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, I actually just had a chapel uh, where one of my projection screens didn't drop uh, when, and when I came in in the morning. And I was like, okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's figure this out. So I sent out a text to the right people and I got a lift over here right away and started assessing that out. In the meantime, I have people designing a slide that might say, if, if this isn't working, please sit somewhere where you can see a different screen. And right. uh, it's those moments where it's you just have to learn to deal with it. And it's kind of exciting to be able to be in that hot seat and figure things out. And I was actually able to get that screen down. Nice. Uh, so it's kind of fun to celebrate those little moments. Yeah, it's always like the troubleshooting aspect of things that you always have to like think on your feet, be creative. How can you move forward and like not panic? Because like yes. if you are a person that panics, you will never, never survive in this world um it's just one of those things you know but then there's the other side where it's just like well it is what it is and it's like well no like we need to try and fix it like we can't just yeah. leave it like that you know yep. I mean if you've literally done everything and you've called every person you can think of like I can't tell you how many times I've made a phone call going dude what am I missing here like this is my problem like old old employees old colleagues old bosses where it's just like man I'm like this is the problem I'm having and I've done this, 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 and this, what am I missing? And like, I mean, I, there was, I remember one time uh, I was doing sound at a church in the Zealand area 
And I could not figure out something. And I remember calling my old boss at Res Life, Bill, and going, dude, what am I missing here? And he's like, well, did you do this? And I was like, I sure didn't click up. Oh, that worked, you know? And it's like, without him, like, cause it's like, it's sometimes it's just those, like, if I've never experienced it, like yeah. you don't even know how to fix the problem. And it's yeah. like being able to like go on and ask someone else. And it's like, a lot of times it's text messaging. Like, I mean, I'll text Bill periodically where it's like, Hey man, like, what do you think about this? Like what, you know, like in this scenario, what have you done to make mm-hmm. that like, right. And, you know, it's, it's always good to make sure you're calling someone. YouTube's a huge, you know, thing to be able to like search something. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've YouTube something while I'm singing the sound booth trying to figure something out. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, half the repairs that I do are a YouTube video. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, you can do that. Awesome. <laughs> um, um, so now with the, um, the program kind of changed and melded where it's like, it's all of those things combined, which is amazing. Um, what kind of skill level, cause you said that you have a lot of people uh, coming from church that have volunteered and want to like grow their skill and whatnot. Are those people like, are you, are you seeing people with genuine skill that are just coming to like get the edges kind of rounded out? Or are you seeing a lot of people that are coming in that are like, well, like, I'm not an idiot. Like I know what a soundboard is and I know what EQ is, but like, I've never actually been formally formal, uh, sorry formally trained on how to do all this stuff and I want to learn or like what what kind of people are you seeing coming into the program I see a lot of different backgrounds I I would say probably predominantly it's people who are not advanced in their knowledge Uh, they might uh, have run pro presenter at their church and watched somebody else run the soundboard uh, or they come in and they know how to turn on an X32, but they, the Avid profile is just a totally different world to them. Um, and they have to relearn a whole bunch of technology or learn what they don't know. Um, I would say most of the time when I get people, uh, they are more or less specialized in one area or another. Um, I had one person that could run circles around me in lighting. I mean, the four years that he was here, he did things with my lighting rigs that I had never seen before. (laughs) And I would just book him. I'm like, here, have fun, go to town. And he'd come in in his spare time and spend his own time just playing around in here. Um, But he was was soft in the audio. Uh, He knew some theory. Uh, but he wasn't, he hadn't honed it in yet. And through his four years, I was able to help him hone in that craft. And even in the audio program uh, and in the studio, studio, the, the good thing about the studio is you're getting in there with a fine tooth comb and you, you really have to show your chops because they are on display. There's no right. hiding. Uh, part of the reason I love life is I can hide a little bit. I can oh, just uh, turn this thing up over here because this yeah, doesn't Yeah, we'll just good. turn some verb up. <laughs> yeah, it's just really sauce it up. In the studio, there's no getting away with that. Uh, no. And so it's like this perfect blend of uh, the experiences coming together. And you get them for that extended period of time, that those four years. And what I like to do is 
I actually, I get people from all the different programs. It's not just the audio program. I get Bible majors, uh, our, our worship interns, our, our uh, teams. I try to just pull in all kinds of backgrounds back here. And my goal is to develop this uh, sense of mentorship in the sound booth. So I have mm. four students in the booth with me every single chapel. Perfect. And the idea is that if you're running lights, you're not doing a whole lot for a chapel. I mean, we're, mm. we're not doing flashy colors and stuff like that for an average chapel. That gives them the opportunity to observe the other areas of the booth. And then they can grow and have that exposure already when they do get scheduled in a pro presenter position or an A2 position. And then once you've been in that A2 seat, you're right next to the engineer, you're talking with the engineer, you're learning everything, and then you can step up. And through that four-year experience, you've learned the entire booth. And by doing that, you are prepared for most churches, or at least are exposed to technology and how to learn it and uh, go after the things that you don't know. Yeah. Um, so to circle back to your question about what kind of students I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of students that are showing interest, but they don't know what they don't know. Right. And they're coming in and learning really valuable skills. They're getting connected. They're coming from probably smaller towns and they're getting connected to a larger church here in Grand Rapids and learning a whole new way to do church. And they're broadening their horizons. Yeah. And they're getting excited about the possibilities and what's out there. Um, yeah, we don't, even, we don't lack in large churches in Grand Rapids. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and between I, between know, Calvary, Ada, First Assembly, Res Life, I mean, right, just, just the first right four that pop, here. yeah, the four that pop right off the top of my head. <laughs> yep. I mean, for two years, we had a church meeting on campus that I had student workers working directly with. And some of them went on staff with them uh, when they moved into their new building from here. Uh, they often are getting positions at churches that they're interning for. Um, and I can't tell you, I've, I've lost track of how many churches have contacted me just this year looking for interns. Um, and that's just churches. I have other companies, production companies and whatnot, looking for people as well. Um, these students have no shortage of opportunities. Um, yeah. And honestly, how, it's how just many, up how to many them. Student, yeah, how many students are in the program now comparatively to when you were in the program? I haven't seen recent numbers. If I had to guess, I'd say it's probably doubled would be my guess. It's like around 20-ish. We went through a phase. uh, The the person leading the division when I was here as a student left shortly after I graduated. And we went through this phase of rebuilding the program. Like, this is the way that we've done this for 20 years. Right. Recording was the big thing. Now, where do we go? And we've kind of created a new blueprint and are building it back up. Right. And I think this is kind of the first year where we've really settled into this groove of what we want to go after. 
So I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've really partnered closely with uh, that division and they'll come into my spaces and they'll do demos in here. Uh, last year, I had to select uh, new wireless mics for my performing arts center and I had their class come in and help me do a mic shootout to decide what capsules to order. Um, oh, so awesome. like really, really cool practical experiences for them. Uh, so I'm excited to see the program grow and hopefully uh, be a close partner with that. So <clears throat> I've talked about this on my channel here uh, before, and I think it's one of the bigger questions and problems that I, that I feel that I ever dealt with was the interaction between our department and the worship team. Um, and I, I knew you, I knew you knew where I was going with this. Um, so with you having the students from the class that you're not actually physically teaching, like you're not responsible for, uh, having them help you with the, again, the, the guys and girls that are there for wanting to become a worship leader, uh, like how, how do, do you teach them and how do you have that same problem at that level? Or is everyone kind of like, well, you're a student, I'm a student. Like, we're just trying to figure this out. We're all trying to be the best we can. Like what, what, what experiences have you had you know, with that type of interaction? That's actually, you're, you're touching on a subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little bit of backstory because when I came to Cornerstone, I encountered individuals on the tech team that I wondered why they were there. Mm. They were so jaded. They were so cranky and they rubbed off on me. I was like, Oh, this is what tech guys are supposed to be like. They're supposed to be gruff and grumpy right. and, you know, complain like, about the worship leader. Yeah. Like, Oh, here we go. Another roller coaster hill song song, like <laughs> power toms. Here we go. And I, I spent my first two years listening to that kind of input in my ear. And I thought I was the cool tech guy. I, I could turn it up loud. It was all about the bass. It was all of those things that uh, were just fostered from a culture of that's what you do. I went to intern for a local church. And that internship changed my entire perspective. Uh, the tech director there was actually a student here. He had been an upperclassman. Do, do, you, mind, do you mind saying where you went? Impact Church in Lowell. Okay. Uh, they were fantastic. Dave Van Kulen out there, he's still uh, the audio guy out there. Uh, he, uh, he was a student here and knew the guys that I had been around. And he would come in in the morning and he would poke at them trying to get them to laugh, trying to get them to lighten up. He was not as cynical. And one of the first Sundays that I was working with him, he made me leave the booth. I was like, what? I have to, I have to get out of the booth. That's <laughs> not safe. <laughs> I don't know these people. And you're going to make me go interact with the band. I have to circle up and pray with the band. Uh, I now suddenly you're challenging my spirituality. Like we're getting into a whole new level of connection here. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you just said that my next video that I'm making is about praying with your team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, uh, that begun a process in me where I begun to develop relationships and I watched him on an average Sunday working with the band 
he was on mic with them. He was active. He was developing relationships. You could tell that he had deep relationships with every single member of the band. He joked with them. He, he made it easy. And it affected the way that they played. They were comfortable and they were loose. And it made for really great moments of worship. Yeah. Uh, so that carried into Cornerstone. Uh, we began, even when I was a student, uh, I wasn't directly involved in the decision, but we began holding team meetings before rehearsal started. Everybody come down front. Let's talk about the morning. We'll do a little devotional, pray together, uh, get everybody on the same page, you know, sit shoulder to shoulder and know that we are together. That has evolved over the years to now uh, we don't even have to do that particular uh, thing anymore. Now we circle up as a group before chapel back behind my tech booth and we pray together. And we, every time we are specifically praying over the worship and tech team, the community and the speaker for the day. And it's is that just in- your team or is that the worship band as well? No worship team, everybody. Great. Speaker, person introducing the speaker, everyone involved in that service is circled up together prior to the service and praying over the service, over the people, over every aspect of the service. And it's changed the culture. And, it, and in relation to that, I've also uh, developed, I work very hard to develop relationships with our worship interns. So our interns lead our four worship teams that rotate through chapel. And I sit down with them during their training week. And I have a counterpart that is on staff leading those teams. And I'm developing a relationship with that counterpart. Nice. And making sure that both of us are creating an environment that is conducive to bridging the gap between the stage and the tech booth. Um, in my in my tech booth, I also have signage. Uh, I wish I should turn my camera. I don't know if you can see it. I yep, actually have Bible verses written here in my tech booth. Uh, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's kind of the. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's the core. That is what I have worked hard to develop here. Is we are serving, and we are every bit of as important as the people on stage. And by then seeing doing the, doing the same thing just on a different they, platform. Yeah, I have I have no musical ability whatsoever, but mixing on the soundboard or doing the lights or the lyrics is just as bit of an art as it is technology. Right. Um, and by them seeing my heart in it, uh, they, they realize it and they want to develop relationships. And then my tech team, I'm always mentoring them and encouraging them and weeding out cynicism. I mean, it's right. still very easy for me to be cynical. I'm a very sarcastic person. <laughs> so I can I can come in and when I realize I'm being cynical, I'd be like, oh, I'm just really snarky this morning. I'm really sorry. This <laughs> I don't mean any of this. Like this is just 
I'm really sorry. And I kind of step back for a moment and remember what we're doing this for. Yeah. Uh, it's hard so not to be I that way, especially when you get like a, a worship leader that's, you know, not necessarily like the nicest or that values you. Yes. Because I, I, I remember like early on in my like actual professional career, because I mean, I've been doing what I've been doing since probably fourth grade uh, of some level. And I remember when I first became like got hired on full time at the church I was at, we had some worship leaders that like, I don't know, like it was just weird because like it wasn't like the senior worship leader at the church ever did this because like, I mean, you know, Ken Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the nicest man in the world, a super humble, always like super team player, like never like gave this, like the worship band is more important or that he was like the Lord over, you know, anything. So it wasn't like, it was like from the top down or anything, but we would get these like younger worship leaders that would literally make comments about like, no, you're just here to push faders. Like that's all you do. Like we could work, we could make this work without you. And I remember that, and this is not like, it's not okay what I did, but I was like, fine. And I just shut the sound system off, locked it and walked yeah. out of the room. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> and they were like, uh, uh, wait, what, what? <laughs> then the, like, I came back in probably like 10 minutes later. Cause like, I didn't want to like ruin like practice and yeah. everything, but like, I wanted to make a point. And yeah. it was like, they were like trying to turn the sound system on and like they couldn't. And I was like, <laughs> wait I thought I just pushed faders I thought that this could happen without me you know being here and they were like well that's not what I meant Mike but that's what you said and I'm like and that's definitely what you meant and I'm like you just now realize that you can't do this without me and that I'm as much a part of your team as like all of your musicians like if none of your instruments were here you couldn't lead worship you know so yes I think I being at Cornerstone being in this environment it's different because we're a training community. And so uh, we have this consistent staff and we are unified in that vision of creating and mentoring this kind of people. Uh, But I'm also like, I I warn them that when you graduate, you may enter an environment that's not like this. And you're gonna have to deal with difficult people. I've had worship leaders that have been a little hurt from stage have been a little intense my avium isn't working (laughs) okay uh let's deal with that let's take care of that and i i work very closely with my counterpart to help mentor them on how do you communicate those things uh when when something is wrong how do you uh communicate to the tech team that you need assistance without demanding and on a tech team, how do you kindly tell somebody that their instrument is out of tune or that they're not hitting that beat quite right? So you shouldn't tell someone that their suck knob is turned up? Yeah, like, uh, hey, listen, uh, I think you need to uh, turn up your monitor because you're clearly not listening to everyone else. Uh, I just, we are so full of grace around here yeah. uh, that we want to make that welcoming community where it's, it's okay to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. We're right. doing so many services a week. Stuff's going to happen. And what do you do with those moments? And that's important. I think if we can get out of the way of ourselves, it's about people. 
And if you can really focus on that relational aspect, everything else can fall into place. Um, I would much rather have somebody with interpersonal skills than somebody who knows everything about my soundboard. Yeah. <clears throat> I've literally asked people to stop my best volunteers to stop volunteering because I could not get them to not be jerks. Yeah. And it was like, we had multiple, multiple conversations. And it's just like, guys, we're a team. Like, would you talk to your brother this way? Like when they were like asking you for help and I'm like, no, you wouldn't like, it's just not the reality here. And it's like, <clears throat> I don't know if it came from something or whatnot, but I had one volunteer specifically that we, we worked on it for probably over two years and it just got so toxic, you know, like, cause it just wouldn't change. And it was just the same thing over and over. And it was like the worship team would be like visibly disappointed when they would see him in the sound booth, like when they would come in for practice and it just, it was one of those things like I, for the sake of the, the team as a whole, we had to say, Hey man, like you need to go find somewhere else to volunteer. Like this just isn't working, you know? And it was yeah. like, it sucked because he, he was so talented. Mm -hmm. but, well, Hey man, let's jump track here. And I yeah. want to ask you some like silly fun questions. <laughs> um, so what is something that most people in our industry are like obsessed with that you just don't get? Ooh, that's an interesting one. I gotta think about that one. I mean, I, the obvious answer is the the new gear day, the the idea of the newest and best and greatest piece of gear. I have to have that to be relevant. I have to have the yeah. newest M1 Mac. I have to have the coolest subscription to everything. Uh, I, I don't get that. I mean, I, I do enjoy new gear day. I, I get giddy when new stuff comes in the mail, uh, but I also get giddy when I can learn something new about my existing gear and yeah. dig into it. Or when I repair it, uh, I can, I can turn to, uh, I have these avid consoles that are outdated. I mean, they, they're no longer made by the manufacturer, but yeah. they're fantastic consoles still. <clears throat> and this summer, I learned how to change out the motorized faders in them. I opened up the stuff. I watched a YouTube video. It was really simple. A $35 part for a, on a $30,000 console. Mind-blowing to me. Uh, and I changed out all 26 faders by myself. And... A lot of people would have said, my faders are starting to go bad. I need a new uh, Allen and Heath. I need a D-Live in here. You know, I, I've thought about it. I'm like, what would I get? I mean, you, this, you, you do need a D-Live in there. But, I know. I mean. Everybody needs a D-Live. <laughs> uh, and I think there are applicable moments and definitely discernment and choosing new gear. And when it's time, I, I definitely, I don't, I'm definitely not uh, here saying that you should run your gear into the ground before replacing it. Uh, but I also think that wise stewardship of what you do have. Mm -hmm. Sure, replace that 2011 uh, iMac. It's time. <laughs> but I, 
I had a 2015 iMac up until this summer that was still working great. It, my IT department begged me to upgrade, and so I did. Uh, but I've chosen other areas. Like I had an analog Crest soundboard in my mobile system that absolutely puked out. There was no reviving it. I'm on an SQ, you'll be happy to hear. And uh, I love the SQ, and I think that was a wise investment. Um, so I would say, like, that whole uh, new gear day thing, it's, it's fun to share when you get new gear, but I also think it can create that, uh, that jealousy, that coveting of, well, mm-hmm. why did they get that stuff and I don't? I need to go get that. Um, or it sucks so that, my, that my, my, leader, my leadership won't let me buy yeah, that. Yeah, I wish I had. <clears throat> and I think, I think that that conversation has been had out many times of uh, everybody discussing budgets and what's right and what's wrong and all of that. I just think it's if you can get past all of that into the heart of what you're trying to do, I think so much of that falls to the side. Um, and you and you begin to uh, focus more on stewarding and uh, using what you have to the max potential. Yeah, um, and I mean everything. Thing, do, everything does have an expiration date, and sure. things do need to yep. get replaced. But yep. yeah, it's that like that whole. I've definitely seen people replace things that don't need to be replaced just because it's a little bit older, and it's like, well, if the new one doesn't really do anything better than that i think there's obviously two sides to the coin because there's other people who just run gear into the ground or go and buy a 20 dollar replacement probably not the best um to for a silly thing uh to answer that question the silly thing would be i don't i don't drink coffee i hate coffee i don't like it everybody's all about the coffee i am extremely unhealthy i love my mountain dew <laughs> i can't get away from it i'm still in my 20s for another four months uh, <laughs> i'm gonna hold on to it for as long as i can and then yeah you, you gotta get rid of it sooner rather later man i just I turned know. 33 and i'm <laughs> i i am trying so desperately to change my eating and consumption <laughs> habits and it is so so tough do it as soon as you possibly can. I know, I know, it's so brutal. <laughs> well, especially for us AV guys, because usually, like, uh, you know, like we're up late and then we're up early. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I need that little bit of liquid energy. <laughs> yep, water's just not doing it for me. I don't like coffee, so I'm not doing energy drinks. At least there's that. <laughs> that was good. I I didn't do energy drinks for a long time, and then I started, and then I remember one day all of a sudden. I was like, oh crap, like I'm drinking like two energy drinks a day. Like this is horrible. <laughs> um, I started drinking kombucha because it has uh, natural caffeine in it. And it's not like a, like a pop or anything. Like it's not like it'll like wake you up and wire you, but like it gives you a nice little bit of boost there. But yeah. Um, all right. So because of the live production talk that we've been having, um and like i just said we're usually up super late and then we're up super early what's the funniest place you've fallen asleep i worked a camp job uh, all through high school and into college uh, and i would we had chapels in the mornings and in the evenings 
uh, obviously I'm a young kid. I'm staying up way later than curfew and uh, I'm, I'm gassing up on Mountain Dew and crashing like crazy at odd times. Uh, I totally, I had it down pat where I could stretch out on a row of padded chairs. The, the booth was a balcony booth. So I could stretch out on a row of padded chairs in my booth and, during the message. And I could wake up while he's praying <laughs> at the end of the message. Because I, I mean, I heard these messages over and over and over. One of the times I woke up and the director of the camp was sitting <laughs> on the at the ledge of the balcony watching the service with me sleeping behind him. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. Hi, I didn't know you were up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, that's probably the, the craziest place I've fallen asleep. I don't, I don't typically fall asleep too much when I'm working. Uh, so, it's, it's hard for me to turn my brain off. Yeah. So for me, we, uh, so the church that I worked at, Res Life, we used to do concerts all the time when I was younger. And I'm trying to remember what show it was. I think it was a, skillet or something it was a really big concert the room was packed out like a couple thousand people and i got in at like 6 30 in the morning because we had to tear all of our stuff off the stage and then they were getting there i think at like nine in the morning and then we did the whole show and i was part of the teardown team so we did tore everything down the show got done at like 9 30 or 10 o'clock at night by the time everything was tore down and then the truck was loaded it was like almost midnight then we had to set up because it was a Saturday night concert uh, for Sunday morning service. So it was almost two in the morning by the time we got everything done and checked. And then it was in the middle of winter as well. And I was part of the snowplow team. So oh, I had to be back there at four in the morning to, to like shovel. Um, so I slept for two hours there. That's not the funny thing. Uh, and then I was also on schedule to run Sunday morning service. So uh, we had at that time, I think that was pre the, the bigger sanctuary being open. So I think we were still at four Sunday morning services and uh, it was me and one other guy that like were like doing everything together. And so I literally brought a blanket and a pillow and I crawled underneath the soundboard and I was like, hey, I'm like, wake me up when the message is done. So I got like a 30 minute nap like during service <laughs> and I definitely have set alarms on my phone on vibrate and put it in my hand and like rested my head on the edge of the soundboard because <laughs> I knew that I was going to fall asleep and it was like I didn't want to like have the service end and like I'm just You're asleep so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah get get sleep people it's very very important make sure you're rested come to work rested students I'm looking at you <laughs> um what is something that you hate that you wish you loved coffee <laughs> okay. uh, no i hate shoot uh LaCroix. i'm going back to drinks man i Dude, so i really I wish I can't the LaCroix, LaCroix, the bubblies the uh, uh, I can't uh you mean you mean the boob you mean the boob the blaze <laughs> I, I wish i really wish i did uh, i dude we could be twins that and we I didn't even know I liked. It. what's that so we could be twins and we didn't even know it who knew <laughs> <laughs> uh 
there are some things I uh, some regrets. I I have no musical background whatsoever, none. Uh, and my mom is a phenomenal piano player, and I really, really, really wish I had taken lessons from her. She she gave lessons when I was younger uh, to other kids, and I just never uh, expressed interest in it. And I really, really wish I had. Uh, I think that I've I've developed skills of how to communicate musically and to be a part of that art, but I've had to work very hard, extremely hard at learning that craft. Uh, and I still can't read music to save my life. Um, and I really wish I had that component. Uh, yeah. I bluffed my way through all the music classes that I had to take in my audio program because I had no clue. Um, so that's a, that's a regret. That's a little bit more serious down to earth, not a silly answer. Uh, I don't, I don't hate too much. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I like the idea of like something like, oh, I hate LaCroix and everyone loves it. And I kind of wish I did because there's a level of me that's like, it's, it's just essentially flavored water that's got a little yeah. bit of like carbonation in it. And mm -hmm. it's like, there's like practically no sugar, all those kind of things. So it's like, I could essentially be drinking pop without all of the negative side effects <laughs> of, of drinking pop. But I just, I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's like, there's not, it's not as flavored as like a pop yes. is. And I, I think that's, that's what kills it for tooth. me. Massive, massive sweet tooth. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Dude, well, I don't want to keep you too too long. Uh, I just, I, the whole point of this is just, there's just not a whole lot of content out there talking about things we're talking about. Um, and it's like, there's a lot of people that don't even know who to reach out to. So I know a lot of people. So that's why I'm trying to just have people on and just have some of these like, honestly, kind of basic conversations. Uh, so I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I ask everyone as they leave a uh, piece of advice to give Piece of advice, uh, you know, when I, when I talk with my students, I am always encouraging them to hone in those people skills. I get to know somebody, uh, do what we're doing, network, and uh, go up to somebody on the worship team and invite them out to lunch. On, on campus, it's much, much easier because you can just go, can we grab a table in the dining commons and have lunch and talk and catch up. Uh, in, in church world, it's, can I go get coffee or whatever those weird people do? Uh, and uh, can we hang out? Can I pick your brain and know more about you? Because on an average service, when we're working, you may not get to see my personal side. I try to make a point where I'm sharing my personal side, but sometimes work hat comes on and we just need to do business. Right. And when you're sharing a lunch or a meal or a sit down with somebody and getting to know who they are, you appreciate their craft so much more because oh, yeah. you understand the passion that they have behind it. And it makes you more passionate in helping them. Um, so even, even sitting down with you, I mean, I, I don't like interviews. I don't like talking and small talk and 
I, I don't do well at that, even though my wife says I do. Uh, but I, I try to stretch out and do those things because I think they're important. I think networking and uh, no. broadening that base of people that you know ends up helping you because it's those people that you can call when you're stuck on a problem or right. when you're down and you need help or whatever it is you're kind of encouraging everybody as a team. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. That's the church. We're we're the body here's, of Christ. Yeah, here that's to support each other. Yeah. Um and I, that is the biggest piece of advice. Get your pride out of the way. Step aside and learn. Know that you're not the 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 right person every single time. You're going to make mistakes and own it. It's okay. That would be my advice. No, that's great advice. Jonathan, how can people reach you? Yeah, uh, anytime, uh, jonathan.coleman at cornerstone.edu. Uh, I am known around here for responding pretty quickly to emails. Uh, somebody once timed me and I responded within two minutes, uh, excuse me, two minutes. And uh, it's just, it comes into my phone. I love responding right away. Uh, Facebook, I. Uh, I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, I don't do Instagram, actually, funny enough. Uh, but email, phone, uh, Justin knows how to get a hold of me. Uh, I love to talk to people. Uh, swing by campus sometime. Uh, we're fairly open. I mean, right now we're masking, but that's not it. Uh, come by, come sit in on a chapel. Our chapels aren't restricted to the public or anything. Uh, introduce yourself to me on the tech booth. I love meeting new people and hearing their story. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for the time and thank you for your wisdom and thank you for your friendship. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing, Justin. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah.